Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff. I'm from Twickenham CC. Very pleased to welcome um, two folks uh, with me this evening to, to chew the fa- First up, um, my uh, resident co-analyst here, uh, Sal Ali from North London. Uh, Sal, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Dan. How are you doing? I'm okay. How's lockdown treating you? Still much the same as ever? Yeah, yeah, we're plugging on. Yeah, we'll see the see the light in the tunnel. So yeah, you know, nearly there. Good, good. That's the that's the spirit. Um, and also very pleased to welcome uh, the county league chairman, a, a esteemed figure in Middlesex cricket, Mr. Bob Baxter. Bob, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, yeah, all good here. Um, lockdowns. Uh, Causing a few problems, but uh, disappointed that uh, certain uh, pubs and things doesn't look like open now to July. But uh, having given us yeah. that uh, potential of a twenty second of June seems to have gone. But uh, that's life. So a few more, few more days here, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's the way it is. Cabin fever is um, is a challenge, but it, it could always be worse. Is the way I look at it. So yes, exactly. Agree very much. We'll. <laughs> we'll We'll talk a bit about the future in a moment because one one of the things that Sal and I are really keen to to, to get to pick your brains on, Bob, is um, some of the plans that Middlesex might be developing to, to play a bit of cricket. Now, of course, this is all a little bit up in the air. We don't know is the very simple answer to many of the questions that, that Sal and I are going to ask. But we, we'd be really keen to hear just a little bit more about um, uh, about your thinking in this area. Before we do that, though, Sal, do, do, what do we need to know about Bob? Have you got a few words that we can uh, yeah, just- uh, that we can um, deal with there? Yeah, sure. Just a few words. Obviously, Bob is um, the league chairman, as you mentioned already, but he's also been a playing member at Bronsbury, um, where he's heavily involved in, obviously, the committee and the club itself. And he's also now one of the panel umpires, one of the most respected umpires, I'd say, on the circuit. He's done some MTC games as well. And obviously now, in his role as league chairman, has a massive part to play in the league. And I'm sure um, we'll get some good insight into what the league's trying to do at the moment in terms of a potential season and any other things that come up as well. Good stuff. Interesting to say about Bronsbury. I remember the last time I played at Bronsbury, Bob, I think you had a new tea lady. This might have been 2012, 13. And it's the only time I've ever left a cricket tea and been told by the tea lady, Oi, back here, there's another course yet. <laughs> I've never, ever been called into a tea room because we all thought it was finished. It was a monumental tea and she called us back for strawberries and cream. It was brilliant. Um, 2013, I think that was. Yeah, sounds about um, right. Um, we... We, I, I joined Bronsbury in 1999. Um, Funny enough, um, I, I've been at Southampton as a Colt and through my career, my first team career, um, having captained uh, from 84, well, not every year to 99, but 98, but uh, most of them. Um, joined Bronsbury in 99. Um, I'd better not say too much about the tees from um, 99 till about 2013. <laughs> but we uh, did change the uh, tea lady around that time and... Uh, as you say, uh, she's been very popular ever since, and uh, lucky luck, we're very lucky that she's uh, still available to uh, to carry on with that role when we get hopefully get back to some teas either this year or next year. She was monumental. I, I, I was a, a very big fan of that tea. I have to say. Um, <laughs> can you say a bit more about your own cricketing career, Bob? I mean, run scored, um, catches caught, uh, uh, that sort of stuff. <laughs> I, as I said, I went uh, to UCS school, which was actually fun enough behind behind Bronsbury's ground. Uh, although I then, as I said, joined as a Colt um, at Southampton in around '71, I think. Um, played Colts cricket there and ended up playing. Um, started in the twos and threes, as, as everybody does. Uh, became captain of the first team in 1984. Um, we won the league in '88. Uh, I can't remember exactly how many years up to 98 I captained the club, but I guess it was about 13, I suppose, first team. 
Um, keeper batsman, um, as a typical captain, ended up um, lower down the order than, uh, well, whether I should or not, but that's what happens, isn't it? So uh, I kept wicket every game and uh, batted between five and eight, I suppose, um, somewhere around there. Um, a few, few decent years scores here and Bob. There. Mm-hmm. Thirteen years on the bounce—that is, that's a decent. Yeah, it was—it was. I think, if if I remember rightly, between eighty-four and ninety-eight inclusive. I think I captured the club twelve years. I can't. I did did step down for a couple of years, um, then came back again. So, but I did about about thirteen years. I think it was. Yeah. Well, captaincy is um, like Hotel yeah, California, isn't it? You can check. You can check out, but you can never leave. Uh, and I yeah, found exactly. that. I tried a number of times to stop captaining cricket teams, and it's always not worked. Um, well, the funny thing was that I went. To, I remember Mark Lowry talking to me. I wasn't. In, I just kind of fell out of love with with Southampton for a bit. Um, we uh, managed to um, sell the bowls green to keep the club afloat and put a gym on there, which isn't great looking, but it saved the club financially. And once I got got that done, basically, I kind of felt I was either going to give up cricket or play golf or something. But Mark Lowry persuaded me to come to Bronsbury to play some, you know, not necessary first team cricket. Uh, played a few cup games, and uh, of course, what happens is after about four or five years, I end up captain the twos for about ten years. So <laughs> you never give it up, do you? Really? Um, so, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very enjoyable, Bob, and I uh, love love being there. Treasurer at Bronsbury now, and um, uh, very involved as kind of a small committee, and uh, we're about eight, but about four of us, as as in most clubs, do most of the work, I suppose. That is the way it often is. But, I mean, much of the work you do do now as well is, of course, as, as uh, chairman of the league. And I, I was going to ask you just a few basic bits and bobs. I mean, I, I know that you've been sort of corresponding with other Premier League chairmen. Does, does that happen regularly? I mean, I guess now you do it via Zoom. But w- would you guys meet up normally? How, how does it work? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a meeting of Premier League chairmen once or twice a year, twice usually. Um, now we're obviously on this Zoom call, which uh, until three months ago I'd never heard of. Um, but we have a Zoom call every two weeks, um, so everybody keeps it, everybody in touch. ECB try and keep us in touch of what their thinking is. Um, I mean, to be fair, the ECB are guessing as much as we are of what's going to happen. Um, so, to be honest, you know, not sometimes a lot, not a lot comes out of these meetings. Um, but you do get closer to other people, you get to know them a bit better. Um, I've been in touch with uh, Essex um, and Sussex mainly. I happen to know them a bit better, I suppose, uh, about our thoughts and their thoughts. Um, it's quite interesting that Sussex and Surrey, I believe, although I haven't actually seen this writing, have basically said that they're not going to go past the uh, first week of September for league cricket. Um, as we might come on to a bit later, as you might know, we've sent a questionnaire really out to clubs about going further than that. But I believe Sussex and Surrey have said that if they – they won't go past the 6th of September. That thing mainly, certainly for Sussex, I know, um, is the fact that a lot of their grounds aren't owned by the clubs and therefore they don't have control over um, when they can go on. So um, Sussex could be a problem. So I believe that they their, their season, as a, if they do have a league, will finish on the 6th. That's interesting. Well, we'll get back to the survey in a minute, Bob. Yeah, that, that, mm. that's really Quite intriguing. Um, I was going to ask you a more general question about the ECB chairman. Do, do you guys generally talk the same language, or are, are there leagues and you don't have to name any names who, who really like doing things differently, or is, or have you seen a sort of consensus here between ECB chairman about ways I, forward? I mean, 
everybody's everybody gets on well. I think there is definitely a north-south divide of what kind of cricket we want to play. Um, you will get from these calls, you know, that the northern sides are very keen on 2020 cricket, um, um, whereas certainly Middlesex and I believe kind of the, the counties around us, we're not quite so keen on 2020 cricket. You'll see that, you know, two or three of the, the premier sides don't enter our 2020 competition. Um, uh, and I think it would be, I think they, the, the Northern uh, sides will, will, will definitely go 2020 if there's cricket. Um, whereas I think we would be keener, um, if possible to play a slightly longer form of the game. Um, not, I'm not ruling out 2020 at all, but, um, it, it is a bit of a North South divide on, on that kind of cricket, I think. Um, but everybody's trying to play, give it, give as many people as cricket as possible, I guess. Yeah, I mean, with the longer form of the game, that is quite interesting because when I came down from Birmingham, the first thing I noticed, of course, is that it was an all-day game of cricket in Middlesex. And, and I, I'd never had that in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, for, for, it was always, uh, well, I think it was 55 overs by the time I left. But the idea of playing from, from 11.30 was, was completely foreign to me. I, I've not done that at all. And, and I certainly my own experience would you know, echo that, that there is a divide between the way cricket is played north of the wash uh, and south of the wash. Do, do you see any... Any of that in terms of the way leagues talk to the ECB, or, or do the leagues tend to talk as one to the ECB? No, I think we we, we talked separately a little, quite a lot. I mean, Surrey and us are quite okay. close on on you know we we've got this split format now, and we've had that for I don't know three or four years, have we? Um, and everybody seems reasonably keen on it. I think to be fair, the youngsters you know would probably go more fifty fifty the whole time, but um, yeah, there seems a decent split at the moment. I think to be honest, though, if we do get a certain amount of cricket for this season, I think it will would be uh, win lose um, games. We wouldn't go down the 120 over route um, for the for if if we were to get nine games in, we would do over yeah, cricket. Sense. But but I think overall, um, you know, I think we still seem keen to to, to 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 carry on with a split of all day cricket and 50 over cricket. Um, so and then yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully that would continue. I think you know that you still got to bowl sides out. I think it's still part of the game um the long as we you know the longer we carry on with that the better as far as i'm concerned but i'm not playing the game anymore so it's really down to the players you know we've got to make sure the committee's got to make sure that the players are getting what they want and uh, if they want to go to 50 overs cricket that's that's their their choice and we should make that choice we shouldn't be making that choice for them but uh, so far since we've had the split we haven't had any votes on doing anything different so um i think you know people overall like that uh, split Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about the survey you mentioned. So, um, obviously, there's a survey that's gone around to clubs this week, from what I gather. Um, in terms of what are the sort of key points to come out of it, and I mean, is there a deadline when they need to return it by? And also, the final thing is what we expected to come out of this. What's the sort of issues that could be raised from the survey itself? Well, the survey really kind of is a questionnaire on whether clubs have their facilities available to later in September. Um, the fifth, obviously, is the, was the last Saturday. Um, but would clubs be available to play on the twelfth, nineteenth, twenty-sixth? Would they be able to play? Would they be interested in playing any league cricket on Sundays or bank holiday Monday in August? Um, uh, so that's that's the main question. The second question is about how many sides you'd like to get out. Um, so if you say run four sides, would you get four out? Would you get three out, etc.? And also, a major question about third and fourth team grounds do you know if your 
you know, if that ground where you usually play away from the main club is going to be available. Um, it's, you know, that, that they're the three main, three main questions, I guess. Okay, I mean, obviously it's early days yet, but any indication of any responsible clubs? No, so we, send out, we, we, we only send it out Monday night, so uh, yeah. Um, so we haven't had any replies. I, I know Bronzer's replies. Um, Bronzer's replies are, yes, it is available to, for, for, for as long as you want. Uh, I think the grounds would prefer if it wasn't, wasn't the 26th, 27th of September, but would, would live with it. Um, we think we would get th- at least three sides out of our four. Um, uh, the four team would be possibly problematical because we are we're not sure whether the ground would be available. So that's Bronzebury's reply: is that yes, we want to play as much cricket as possible. Um, but, uh, promotion relegation, I think I'll, I'll bring that in, is 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 a very tricky one. Obviously, we've put out that if we could play nine games. Would there be promotion relegation? Of in obviously not two up, two down, but one up, one down. Um, I think the answer is it's difficult. If you could play nine Saturdays, I think the possibility of one up, one down is is is, is possible. But I think, uh, from what I gather from the uh, subcommittee, which is the playing one, which John Reeve runs, um, they were quite pro promotion relegation say a few weeks ago when we were hoping to start say on the 11th of July but I think once Sundays come into the play then I think clubs will probably balk at promotion relegation because I think they might struggle to get your proper sides out uh, you know sort of two-day Saturday and Sunday weekend and maybe a bank holiday so I think promotion relegation probably if we which is un, which is likely start later than the I don't know middle of July I think mm. probably comes less likely um, um, but you know, we, we we don't want to take anything off the table until we know where we are, and because nobody knows where we are. Um, Fair I point. think it's very unlikely that we'll be playing proper. When I say proper cricket, I mean unadjusted cricket with no social distancing um, on the eleventh of July. So, um, you know, promotion relegation was a, a definite possibility. Few weeks ago, I think it's less likely now. I'm not taking it off the table, but it's less likely. Yeah, Bob. In the interest yeah, of when's the deadline to return? Oh, sorry, go on, Sal. You dive in. Yeah, sorry. So yeah, do you want to ask Bob quickly, just in case there's listeners out from clubs who don't know when's the actual deadline to return the survey by? Um, I mean, I think I, 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 to be honest, I can't actually remember. But I mean, we, we asked okay. them to get back within a week or so. We, we we basically need to give all clubs at least at least uh, look looking at the other leagues who I speak to you you need to give everybody at least 3 weeks notice before any play really you've got to get your ground ready you've got to get your pitch ready uh, so a minimum of 3 weeks so if you just start on the 11th of July which as i said thinks very unlikely you'd have to we'd have to let them know by the 20th of June um we're hoping that everybody has got not too much to do and and, and we'll be back to us within sometime next week yeah, I was going to say, That's Bob, I understand that. Yeah, in, in, in the interest of openness and transparency, I, I sit on that playing committee and we met last night. And it was quite interesting um, to, to, to hear the opinions of the guys on it because I think our opinions are evolving, much as I guess yours are. Um, and we've the, the more we think about it, the more problems we see with promotion relegation. Uh, and I don't speak for everyone on the committee, but certainly there was a group of us who felt that ultimately, if you're asking guys to play Saturday and Sunday, 
um, and they've not played any cricket, not been out all um, all through the summer, then that, that, that's a big ask because, you know, there are other commitments, yeah. family commitments, plus you've got the issue of travelling, how do you get to games, that's not clear. Uh, and we all felt that come what may, if we get cricket in, it's going to be a weaker standard of cricket. Even in the Premier League, there's going to be people who can't play for whatever reason. So the, the, I think the, the, we were moving towards re- promotion relegation being a bit more problematic than we originally uh, thought it might be. However, there was a real positive sort of vibe towards trying to get some cricket out. And we, we were thinking more about the 1st of August as a potential sort of watershed date, Bob. Did, is, is that on your radar as well? Because, of course, that's when first-class cricket is or, or could begin. Yeah. Yes, so, I mean, I think... I think, I mean, I, I, I think there could be some... There could be some cricket in July, but I think it would be very restrictive. Um, right, right. Of, you know, field placings, et cetera, et cetera. Because it does, from listening to Boris tonight, you know, there was some talk of pubs opening on the 22nd of June. Well, that's gone now. It? That's not yeah. going to happen. It's going to be minimum 4th of July. Um, so everything's going to be put back. Um, you know, social distancing. How do people, as you say, how do, how do, if you're, if, if you've got a proper league, in other words, you've got your top 10, just to, to take the Premier League for a start, you've got North Middlesex playing Teddington. How does everybody get there? Yeah. Is, a, is a major problem at the start. So, um, and I don't know the answer to that uh, at the moment. You, you, you probably wouldn't. So, um, so I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think that the chance of the promotion relegation of one up, one down is is receding. Um, but I, as I said, I'm, as a committee, we haven't taken off the table until we know more. Um, but I think it's getting less likely. As I said, travel is going to be a problem. Um, if you know, if you can only get, I mean, couldn't you have two people in the car in four weeks' time? I don't know. One in the back, one in the front. That might help, but at the moment you couldn't have, you know, as you know, Dan, yeah. you know, trying to get from one club to the other, you need you usually about four cars and about four people in, or three people in each at least. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, which isn't possible. And we still have a significant number of people who just don't drive. Yeah, yeah there's lots of things to go. There's lots of things. Sorry. I was going to say, we have a lot of people who don't drive still. Oh, no. so, so, I mean, you know, they yeah, have to get... Don't drive. You've got, uh, you, you, well, you've got a lot of kids hopefully playing, especially because I'm sure they'll be the keenest ones. The 15, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds will be desperate for some cricket, but none of them will be driving. So um, you've got to get them there and you've got to rely on parents maybe to take one, two, or whatever it is allowed. You know, So there's a lot of things to go through. Um, and I think that's going to take time um, from, you know, as I said, listen to Boris tonight. There's nothing happening in the near term about the two-metre rule. Which also causes a problem. So, do you, if you can plan July, do we maybe start with some twenty twenty cricket because you don't need close fielders? Um, that's another option, mm. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we we were talking last night with John about twenty first of June. If people want a date, that's a week on Sunday. That's that's when John was um, sort of thinking about the survey and returning it. So, if it helps people to to focus on the survey, that's what John John was was. Um, it was flagging yes, yesterday. I think that's fair. I mean, we've got a. There's another Premier League chairman's meeting on the 17th of June, which is only next week, actually, isn't it? Um, uh, and I think uh, talking to the ECB guys, I think you know, I'm not sure the huge amount's going to come out of that, having seen the roadmap just before coming on this call. Um, but I think it might be a time round about then that leagues decide whether they're abandoning league cricket or not. Um, uh, I know one of the Essex leagues, not the main one, fourth of July or eleventh, possibly is their is their cut off date. Um, right, and okay. 
ours isn't quite ours isn't quite the eleventh because we we are potentially saying if you started later you could maybe at least go one week longer. Um, most clubs hopefully be available on the twelfth of September, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe play one bank holiday, but um, you know not much after that really. Um, and most leagues would I think would abandon what we've got now, and then we've got to sit down and have some options of. Um, you know whether we play, you know, regional cricket of of a league, but we want to we want to pe- keep it competitive because I think as much uh, people want to be competitive at cricket. Uh, we yes, we want to play as much cricket as we can, but we'd like, if possible, to have some sort of reward at the end of it for the people who do well. Could you say anything more about what the other options might be if we can't get that nine game? Season. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, if you look at the just, I'm, I'm I don't really want to concentrate on the Premier League because it, it it's it's not you know we want to get as much yeah, cricket for third four teams as we the do sixteen other divisions that's a very teams, fair point. But, yeah, yeah, you know we we desperately do, do third and fourth team use the ground on Sundays maybe. Um, in, if they can't get grounds on Saturdays, maybe you know we're desperately keen for for everybody to get some cricket. But if you just take the top. 10 sides at the moment, as it turns out, five of them are basically the South and five of the North. So you'd have your Twi- Twickenham, Teddington, Richmond, Ealing and Shepherds Bush in one division and the other five in another division, which is North, Middlesex, Hampstead, Finchley, Bronsbury and Crouch End, which would work okay, I guess. Yep. Um, but, you know, then you've got to go down the next, you know, whether you can fit, you know, five, six, seven teams in a in a league, I don't know. I haven't actually gone into it yet because it's just too far away, but um, it would be nice to to have a kind of league, you know, a league system in a regional regional option. If if that if we come down to that, and if you start in August, that might be an option. I mean, then you look at potentially all the clubs around the kind of North Middlesex Hornsey area. I mean, they they could end up playing a league for themselves. I don't, you know, um, but you know, yeah, we I mean, are, we're looking at every option. As I said, as I really want to make sure that that. The, the 14 guy or the 15 guy is is also available for some cricket somewhere if we can um because you know they they're often sometimes often keener than the first team blokes yeah um you know they're desperate for some cricket and we want to try and find cricket for them even if and there's another option we've, we've talked about i mean Brunsbury share of southgate's ground um at the moment so we play our thirds play when southgate threes play away i mean could you our, th- our threes or fours play in the morning on a 2020 and Southgate play somebody else in the afternoon 2020. You know, all these things are, you know, brewing up and got potential. Yeah, and, and of course, I mean, one of the things we'll have to be is creative. If, we, if we've only got seven or eight weeks to play with, we're going to have to find um, uh, ways of, of making the best of a bad job. And, and I, I, I think that's... On the playing committee, we're very conscious of that. And we, we, I mean, John Reid was, was very good last night in, in generating possible alternative ways of doing this and, and um, he, he came up with uh, basically six um, or seven divisions of six teams and I think, I think two of those divisions had to have five um, actually that covered all of the four yeah. the top four divisions and then you could um, you, you could have winners going through to a knockout competition so you you know you'd have the two Premier yeah. League divisions as it were and perhaps the top two would go through there yeah and then the winners would go through from the yep. other divisions, and you could have a you know you could have a playoff at the end. And um, yep. obviously, no, in no way set in stone, but I thought it was an interesting idea. And I thought it, it's competitive cricket, totally different format, but it might well be the best we can do, right? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, we've we've discussed these options, and I think I think regional cricket is probably more likely than anything else, um, yep. mainly because of travel. 
Um, so yeah, de definitely. I mean, whether we, we might ask clubs to, you know, if that was maybe put instead of your affiliation fee would be X, obviously the balls would be less. You'd have less balls. Maybe yeah. everybody puts 200 quid in and I don't know, you know, winners and runners up share the spoils. I don't know. There's, there's lots of options, which we, we we're going to have a zoom meeting, um, another committee meeting probably, uh, well now the roadmap's out. I don't think it's actually said very much, so we can have it any time we like really, but we probably have it, I guess, when, um, the, the, the questionnaire comes back and we know a bit more about if we could go a week later or two weeks later, um, of where we are and how many third and 14 grap teams think they one they can they'll play or two if they've got ground so mm. um obviously something like teddington is, is absolutely ideal um you know you could play a bit more cricket there uh, in you know morning and afternoons on the second ground and uh, they, 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 those kind of grounds could come come into play quite a lot i think that's fair comment and i think that's a for what it's worth a pretty sensible strategy coming up with hard and fast policies now it makes no sense at all <laughs> you know the government's guidance yeah, could right, change yeah. quite quickly um and uh, one thing is for sure bob um it's going to rain in august I i'm absolutely convinced of this now we've had such a great day <laughs> all these plans and and what what's the betting that it you know that it chucks it down for four weekends on the bounce but uh, so it's, 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 we're getting rid of it in june we're getting rid of it now um hopefully I yeah it's pouring down outside say. as we it's about as guessing about how it's going to rain in July and August as as we know if we're going to play any cricket. I guess. Um, yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I think. Let's be fair. I think we're 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 probably more confident of playing some sort of cricket um, than we were probably three or four weeks ago. Um, but I do see still lots of problems with travel, um, touching the cricket ball, and and social distancing until until this until social distancing comes down to a meter. I think cricket's going to be tricky. Yeah, it's these bowlers, Bob. You know, they're licking the ball and doing all that. You I know, know. Like, what are they? Up, know. What are they? You know, yeah. behave like normal humans. <laughs> Never <laughs> no, understood bowlers. Never no, understood. Me, me. It's too much like hard work. Um, no, but I think that's very interesting. Yeah, Sal, yeah. did you um, did you want to ask a, a few more questions about um, the MCCL and how it compares with other Premier Leagues? Because I think many of our listeners will, will sort of only know Middlesex, really. But I, I'd be quite intrigued to know a bit more about about how we how we fare compared to other uh, Premier League competitions, Sal. Yeah, obviously, Bob, you've been around the league a long time and you've umpired, obviously, many sort of national games and club cricket matches as well. I mean, being the league chairman, what makes you sort of proud to be the chairman of the league? And, I mean, what do we do really well, do you think, in your opinion? And also, what could we sort of maybe sort of build on as a league itself? Well, I mean, I've actually been chairman for 20, 1998, at the end of 1998. Um, so I've been quite a long time, um, probably too long, some would say. Um, but... I think, to be honest, the the thing that I think is overall the time I've done, I think discipline in Middlesex has been over. I mean, we've all had the odd blow up, but how many how many times can we remember there's been a real problem um, on the pitch? Um, yeah, there's one or two here and there, but you know, discipline I think in Middlesex has been pretty exemplary compared with other leagues. Um, um, certainly, you know, when you go to Premier League chairman's meetings, um, they're all moaning that umpires are, um, you know, dropping out because of the problems of discipline. Well, to be fair, we haven't had a lot of that. Um, generally, that's been really good. Um, I think, yeah, as I said, Surrey and ourselves are pretty, pretty, and Sussex are pretty close. Um, we, you know, I don't see many problems there either. Um, I don't really know... I know the Birmingham League a bit because um, I speak to Nick Archer a bit. Um, and it's interesting, the fact that uh, 
he was talking to me um, the other day about uh, how we run our um, situation with pay players. Uh, and I did say to him, look, it's impossible to police it totally, but um, we think we've, you know, we do warn clubs if we feel they're digressing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think with this, the, the problems they've got financially now, um, something like the Birmingham League and the Northern the Leagues will will struggle um, financially to pay any players. And he was asking me how how ours runs. Um, I'd be interested to see what happens next year. He's obviously hopeful that the clubs will their clubs will come to them and say, "Hold on here, you know we've got all these paid players. I'm not sure we can do this anymore." Because um, obviously they most of the sides um, out of out of London, you know, de- depend a lot on their bar and people watching the game. Whereas whereas you know we probably get two six people watching the game if you're lucky in a lot of grounds um and the bar although it's sometimes helpful it isn't the be all end and end all of um of cricket in the south so Can I, I jump think in a there, few Bob? things might I change think, there i think that's really interesting because yeah. because the birmingham league have i mean money and paying of players in birmingham is cancer um you, you have players who are very average cricketers who see other people getting paid and they expect to be paid too it's an absolute cancer and um the, the fact mm. that it no doubt happens, you know, in our neck of the woods as well. Just the very fact mm. that it's more difficult means that it happens less. Birmingham has got real challenges there. I, I, I know that. But I was going to ask you more about Birmingham have downsized, haven't they? They were a very big um, sort of Premier League for a while. And then last season, they went down just to two divisions and they got rid of all the second teams. They all went back into their relative counties. Have Birmingham reflected on that is it is it gone well or, or have you just not had a chance to speak to Nick Archer about I, I to be honest I haven't I haven't I must admit I haven't spoken to Nick about that situation um okay. so I don't know is the answer um I'm not gonna not gonna pretend I do so um we we really speak about Premier League cricket only and um sure but it was interesting that we had a call on you know literally after the last Premier League meeting and he thinks that there's a you know quite a lot of financial problems up there and uh, they might have to certainly cut back drastically on on the number of paid players um which is interesting i think it is and 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 i'll say it because i'm not an official i don't have an official position in the county league but you know these are the guys who spend lots of money on lots of players and they've now got the begging bowl out you know what goes around comes around bob these guys need to change the way they Mm. run their cricket clubs and i say it as somebody from the region who's got skin in the game Uh, and i I think it's only when you Mm. you see that do you realize that the situation in Middlesex really ain't too bad. You know, we've all got problems and challenges, but well, I I I, I rang at the start of this um, this uh, I rang all forty three of our I think it's forty three, forty three of our clubs. Uh, somebody basically I not necessarily the secretary or chairman or something. Somebody I knew at each club to to find out their financial situation. Um, you know, just just about when all the money potentially from Sport England and the ECB was potentially around. It was quite interesting um, that I think only out of the 43, I think five said that they might struggle without any help, um, you know, to be be there next year. There was probably another 10 that would struggle quite a bit, but touch wood with a kind of couple of grants from the Sport England, which we've which we got them to apply for uh, through the MCB um, and quite a few of them have got some grants and, and the rest, which is about 20, what is it, 28, I think it leaves roughly, basically said, look, yeah, things aren't going to be great, um, but we will be here next year, whatever happens. If we don't have any cricket, you know, we will be here. So I think I think the good thing about clubs in Middlesex is that they've, they've been reasonably prudent and, um, you know, most of them, um, you know, had 
enough reserves or would would meander through to next year, even if we didn't have any cricket, which was quite encouraging, really, um, from my little chat around in my survey, really. That's so good I was to quite hear. relieved when... Yeah, relieved when I re- reported back to Middlesex cricket um, that, you know, because I think Richard Goatley was quite worried at one stage that, you know, lots of clubs would be going bust, et cetera, et cetera. And having run every one of them, um, basically, uh, look, the, the situation isn't great, but it's, it's, it was better than every, anybody thought, but probably better than I thought overall that most clubs would be worse off, but not in a perilous situation is a generalisation. Yeah, not existential. Yeah. Mm. Mm, totally, Bob. We're going to jump in there quickly before we go into the to the quiz. Um, so obviously, you're an umpire yourself. I mean, as, as the league actually um, had sort of conversations around, um, obviously provided eighty potential umpires for the four divisions in the first team cricket. Obviously, there's issues around age, potential health issues as well. I mean, is that something they've sort of looked upon? Yeah, a, D- David know, Halley, who's yeah. the new um, taken over from Matty Watton. I spoke to him about three weeks ago. He he sent a little uh, questionnaire again, I suppose, to the umpires. <clears throat> when I spoke to him about three weeks ago, he, I think he'd sent it to about 90 umpires. Now, that obviously included quite a few of the championship umpires. Um, I think at that stage he'd had replies from about 45, 50, um, of which roughly, I think if you remember rightly, said about nine um, had said they were probably unlikely to umpire. Um, and therefore the balance, um, which uh, was 35-40, but basically indicated that they would be happy to stand. Um, that that was three or four weeks ago. Um, so generally we thought overall we would be probably okay umpires-wise. Um, you know, we, we might struggle at the real, at the fourth division a little bit, but uh, we hadn't had all the replies back. But um, yeah, it was reasonably encouraging that most umpires um, were were reasonably uh, happy to carry on i think premier league wise if you you know look at the umpires the, uh, none of us are young but um probably most of the umpires um are under the 70 year old age so um you know uh, most of them seem to be keen to and i'm sure by now they'll be desperately keen to get out and um, stand in an open field Fantastic. Now, I spoke to David okay. yesterday Dan, evening. Yeah. Introduce the quiz. Yeah, we'll go to the quiz in a sec. But just on, on David, David was, is a member of our playing committee um, group. And, and he was saying the one problem he did see was over Bank Holiday weekend. Uh, he said that that's looking like a bit yeah, of a, possibly, a black yeah. hole. I don't know if that's normally the case with that Bank Holiday weekend, but he, he, he struck a positive note. Well, it, it, it can be. I, 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 I mean, I think, that, I think that probably is a possible case. But on the other hand, I'm not quite sure where anybody's going to go Bank Holiday weekend this year. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we always have umpires. Was always two or three bad weeks, and they do often congregate around a bank holiday weekend, and people go away. But I'm not sure where anybody will be going this uh, this August bank mm-hmm. holiday. Unless um, you want to, well, depends. I suppose if they've cut down on the quarantine when you come back, I suppose you, you the people might just go to Spain or go away for a weekend. But yeah. uh, at the moment, I don't think I'm going anywhere <laughs> too too far. No, me neither. I mean, to be honest, should, we shouldn't be surprised about that. Clubs have this as well, don't they? Every club in the land will have one weekend when no one's available. It just yeah. always, it's always that way, isn't it? So not surprised to hear that umpires yeah, have right. similar ups and downs. Bob, we normally end the, no. uh, the, the pod with a quick-fire quiz, ten, uh, 10 questions. The first okay. answer that comes in your head is the right answer, okay? Um, so so okay. Go, with, go with your gut on this. Um, we've asked most of the questions okay. to most of our guests, but we've tailored a few to, to your specific needs. So, um, so I'll kick off, Sam, is that okay? <laughs> okay. 
Right, this is a long-standing yeah. one, Bob. Okay. Yeah, fine. You go for it, Dad. Yeah. If yeah. you had to choose, would you choose the Sky Sports team or BBC's TMS? Um, Sky Sports. Ooh, can I ask why? Um, I just think there's there's a, some. I mean, I I don't listen to TMS a huge amount, to be honest. Um, I I used to. Um, I quite like Agnew, etc. But I do like. You know, people on Sky Sport. I think Rob Key and people like that are great. And I, I suppose it's more that I listen to Sky. I watch Sky Sports a lot more than I do listen to TMS. I suppose. Yeah. And other people have said as well that you know the the the, the levels of sort of wizardry that the Sky Sports team have with all their tech um, gives you you know a really mm. interesting insight. Whereas the TMS teams, they're, 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 and I've said this before, they're my background when I'm in the office. You know, I'm not listening in great detail. I'm just tuning in when I'm, you know, not on Zoom calls or whatever. So different products, different horses, different courses. Cool, Sky Sports. Sal, over to you. So, Bob, obviously you played a fair amount of cricket and also umpired a fair amount of cricket. So you can answer this question in either capacity or, or do both if you want to. So um, what's your preferred format? Is it timed or limited overs? Timed. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, for both, for playing and umpiring. my mortgage was going on that answer, by the way. <laughs> yes. and that would be for both would that be for uh, time, and umpire? Yeah, i think um i think time i mean I, I do as an umpire i'm not quite so sure really um but certainly as a player i, I mean I, I when i was playing first team cricket it was all time basically so you know I, i'm bound to answer that question like that um but as, as i said earlier to you you know it's it's really down to what the players want to play that i'm really keen that you know, I, I don't want them all playing time cricket. They hate it. But, yeah, I've been brought up on time cricket. So, you know, that's obviously what I, I prefer. Okay. Over to you, Dan. Yeah, makes sense to me. Um, right. Different type of question. Bob, if you had the opportunity to watch one player bat before you die, who would it be? And obviously, you know, I, I know you'd, you'd go for me. But, um, you know, leave me and, and Sal out of this. Present company accepted. Who would you, um, who, who would you like to watch one last time? Are we talking about time? professional cricket yes. or amateur yes. cricket? I mean, either, but I was thinking professional, to be honest, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, do you know, um, I do quite uh, – I think I think the answer is probably going to be fairly obvious with Stokes because he's – I think he can play the game either way. He can yeah. uh, hit it out the ground and he can block it. He can – he's fantastic. I tell you, I do like watching bat and – He's no longer of Middlesex, so I'm not being too biased. I think watching Milan bat when he's playing well is, uh, you know, I mean, typical left-hander, and I did bat left-handed, but nothing like him, obviously. But <laughs> I think Milan, watching Milan bat and people like him, um, it's, it's great to watch when he's when he's batting well. And I think, um, you know, he's a bit he's a bit garrisque, I think sometimes when he's when he's in great form. I do wonder if left-handers are naturally more elegant. Now, it may just be that David Gow would well, have been think, a very I, elegant right-hander. Everyone says they are, don't they? Yeah, that's, yeah, it's often said, isn't it? I mean, Did Roots. You... Yeah, it is. I mean, you've got Gow, you've got Lara. <laughs> you've got some great players who have been, um, you know, who are very elegant players. Um, I don't know why it's that way. Um, wish I'd been that elegant. But, um, no, it does appear that way. So I don't know why. I know I do. Interesting. All good. Thanks, Sal. Okay, so our favourite subject, well, me and Danny, yeah, in the way, yeah. food. Um, Bob? This is your choice of a lunch. Would it be fish and chips, roast dinner? Well, we had a curveball a couple of weeks back from Mike Milton where he threw in a roast duck. So the floor is yours. Roast lunch. La- la- lamb roast lunch, my fave. 
Okay, well, obviously you've had loads of teas and lunches at many sort of clubs. Which which club can you, you know, say? Would you say? Oh, is geez, oh, that's, that's, that's a tricky tough one. one. I'm going to upset a few people, but who's listening to here? Um, well, it can be a neutral ground as well, obviously outside the league, if you want. No, no, I'll, 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 well, no. Um, I've got to say that I'm obviously going to leave my own club out because that would be too biased. Yeah. Um, and with Dan, we mentioned by Dan. They're excellent. I'll say it again. I think probably. I think probably East Coast, probably. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll throw um, one in there, Sal, because we haven't gone this way I before. Think... Um, Indian Jim's no, curries thought, are yeah. generally very good. Indian Jim's yeah, curries, when they yeah. get it right, they Indian are worth Indian Jim's curries. Yeah. And I'll tell you, tell you also is quite good, is um, sometimes is, um, is the, uh, the, 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 the Thai guys at Highgate. Oh, yeah, the Thai. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I've had good that as well. Nice, yeah. yeah. And we've heard from lots of players. I mean, there's probably, I'm probably one or two I'm not thinking of. But... Yeah. Uh, Lord's Teas and Lord's Lunches. We'll do a podcast on food one day, I think. <laughs> we? yeah. We'd be in our um, elements. Uh, so. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately Lord's, Lord's Lunches are, are unbelievable. And I, and I must confess that having going to quite a lot of them, um, uh, I never tire of uh, going up to the committee room or whatever to lunch. And, and, and to be fair, the tap and pub, the food in all the, all the Lord's stuff, I think is really good food. Um, so, you know, I'd quite happy to be in the tavern as much as I would be in the committee room at Lord's. So I think the food at Lord's over the last few years has been fantastic. Yeah, everyone said that. It's an absolute consistent, you know, consistent answer. The most consistent answer yeah. we get, Lord's food is brilliant, full stop. Um, mm. Yeah, it is. Fantastic. Cool. Um, another one from me. Um, who is your the, the favourite player that you've ever played against? Now that can be because they were good, or it, or because they were entertaining, or because of something else. Uh, is there anyone that springs to mind? Uh, well, I faced John Snow twice. Um, oh. That was quite challenging. Um, the person I didn't like playing against was Chris Cairns, who wasn't a great bloke, um, but was mm-hmm. miles too good for me. Um, yeah, but John Snow probably was most testing, I think, on the fact that I couldn't basically lay a bat on it. And I was probably in there for about three quarters of an hour, of which I'm not quite sure how many balls I actually hit. But um, you know, unfortunately, couldn't hit my st- hit, hit my stick. So um, that was probably the most challenging. Um, well, serious test cricketer there, uh, Bob. Pete to be Waterman fair, from, Pete Waterman from Wembley was um, another one who uh, was bowled quick and was quite, uh, didn't bowl too much too much in your own half. Um, uh, so they were probably the most challenging people to play against. I mean, there's been some brilliant batters. I mean, I could name loads, but um, uh, you know, but they, I think they're probably those three just spring to mind as people that um, I just didn't really know what I was doing. Basically, at the other end, basically. Welcome to my world, Bob. Had that many a time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sal, over to you. Yeah. So quick before you jump, was it was so Edmonton at the time? Is that when he was playing for them? Was it? Bob? Yes, when, yeah, they had, um, they had Sandeep Patel and uh, John right, Snow yeah. playing. And um, yeah. when they were threatening to bring Sunil Gavaskar in, um, that's when we threw him out of the league for the first time. <laughs> and, uh, they've now gone again. So, uh, Sunil Gavaskar. Okay. Nice. Yeah, that was, that was the rumour. There was a, there was a M- check called David Evans was paying, basically, pay, paying these boys to play. And uh, we, we brought them to an AGM. I wasn't actually chairman at the time, it was before my time, but... Uh, well before my time, but I was at the meeting when, uh, and they brought Edmonton brought a lawyer with them, um, oh, which wow. didn't go down very well with the teams, and uh, basically they got they got uh, thrown out that night. Order the boot. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so so Bob, who's um, who would be the, your favourite player that you've played alongside in club cricket, or yeah, sorry, in 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 your career? Uh, oh, that's a tricky one. Um, uh, I think at Bronsbury, probably. I mean, I didn't really play a lot with him. I played a couple of cup games. Michael Foster was probably one of the best players I played with. Um, I'd only because he was a first, I, when I went to Bronsby, I mainly played second team cricket. Well, I did play second team cricket nearly the whole time as captain, but played a couple of cup games. Um, Michael Foster was yeah, one of the best wasn't players. He, yeah. Overseas player, yeah, he's overseas Australia, player, right? yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the people I loved playing with were um, Ricky Fay and Rob Nelson um, at Bronsbury. I mean, they they were great guys, and I mean, very, I mean, Ricky Fay played but, uh, was on the ground staff, played a bit of Middlesex stuff, but. When I he came play for me in the twos, which was uh, probably a bit harsh on some of the opposition, and Rob Nelson also played a bit of cricket with me in the twos, although he probably should have been in the ones at that time and still yep. playing in the ones. Would you believe who turns fifty this year and uh, wow. uh, mm-hmm. loved playing cricket with him? Um, as Southampton wise, oh, there's loads. I mean, uh, I started my time with, with chap well before your either you probably were born, but Terry Corduroy was. One of the great, um, great batters at the time, or well, not, not the most exciting player to watch necessarily, but got lots and lots of runs. Um, and there was loads that when I was captain, there was you know a lot of people who I loved playing cricket with. Tim Taylor bowled left arm spin really nice, nicely, and when we won the league in '88, um, that was you know one of the highlights of my uh, my career really when when we won that. Good stuff. Um, I was going to bring it up to back to international level stuff, Bob. And this is a question we've asked to lots of people. Um, which one of these three would you pick in your side? Botham, Flintoff, or Stokes? Ooh. We've not I, had a consensus of answers on this, if that helps. People have had different angles. No. I think, I think probably Botham um, on the basis that he, I think, was the best bowler of the three, mm-hmm. uh, possibly. Um, no, I think that's right. Yeah. And uh, and he, Stokes, I don't know who's the best batter, really, um, but both of them was so exciting to watch um, with the bat. Um, I was watching the 84 one on BBC Two the other week, and uh, oh, yeah. I didn't realise he batted quite as high as he did, really. But, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think just about both of them, probably. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tough one to answer that one. I, I think you can make strong cases for all three. Yeah, very, tr- very tricky. I mean, I, the, the, like all three, all three in your side would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. And Stokes at the moment is is just phenomenal. You know I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Sal, Bob, um, back to your sort of your time in cricket itself. Um, have you preferred umpiring or playing? Oh, playing. Um, but I must admit, having I, I didn't think I'd. It's a bit like football, really. I I gave up football when I was forty. Um, and then somebody asked me to referee a football game. Um, and I said, don't be so ridiculous. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> and I ended up refereeing football for 15 years. Um, uh, and similar, a little bit of the umpiring, really. Um, the only reason I umpired, really, was that um, I was injured. And I turned up to a Bronsbury first team game. They weren't in the Premier, they were in the division below. And there was one, only one umpire. And... Um, Hugh Chapman was the other umpire, and he said, Bob, um, you don't fancy umpiring, do you? And I said, well, a bit tricky, Bronsbury, you know. Anyway, I asked the opposition captain, and he said, don't be ridiculous, of course you should do it. And then about two weeks later, the same thing happened. 
Uh, an umpire dropped out at the last minute and um, I ended up doing another Bronsbury game. And I thought, you know, I quite enjoy this. Um, and I do really like it. Um, don't get me wrong, but I do have the occasional tinkering sometimes during the season that I'd fancy a game. But uh, So I suppose I'd have to put it playing, definitely. But on the other hand, I've, I've enjoyed the umpiring. I think, it, if I'm honest, it is a lot easier umpiring when you're chairman of the league, if I'm honest, than uh, not being chairman mm. of the league. But, um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I do really enjoy the umpiring, but I'd, I'd have to, if you gave me, the, if I have to answer the thing, I'd have to say playing. Seems perfectly logical to me. I, I totally get that angle. Um, last one from me then, Bob. Um, do you believe in the spirit of cricket? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I think, as, as I said earlier, I think the spirit in cricket in Middlesex overall overall is is has been really, really good. I mean, we, we have the old year when there's a few more uh problems um but you know being playing mcc stuff and or and now umpiring it and everything else i just i you know i think it's I think it's really good and i think um, i think as i said middlesex one of the things in the last 20 years i think we've had very very few major incidents which i think as a league um we should be grateful for and hope it make long continue i choose my words carefully on this bob because i have you know probably slightly different take on it but is there then not a spirit of rugby union as well or a spirit of football is, is cricket really much different if, if people play a game in the right way then doesn't every game have, have what you could call a, a spirit or, or not is cricket different I think I don't know if, I don't know if cricket and rugby are particularly I mean if, mind you in rugby you can have a huge punch up for two minutes and everybody then just goes back and shakes hands and gets on with it um Football, I don't think the spirit of football's um, having played it and refereed yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's much harsher than playing playing anything else. That's fair comment. I think yeah. there's a re- I, yeah. I, I think I think there's a reasonable uh, in cricket. Yes, there's a few words said, but it's a bit like rugby. Afterwards, you go into the bar and have a, have a beer, and you know everybody gets on. Um, and I think I think overall, um, Premier League cricket certainly um, okay. I don't see because I'm umpiring now, I don't see second, third, fourth team cricket. Of course, there's a problem at third and fourth team level because there's no umpires. But, as a, you know, I think at first and second team level, um, everybody gen- generally gets on. Yeah, yeah, there's a few words spoken, and but does it ever go into the bar? I, I haven't seen it personally. Fair enough. No, I, I see the angle. I see the angle. Sal, over to you. Hmm. Final question for you, Bob. Um, so obviously, Bronsbury have had some fantastic players in its time, international cricketers, test cricketers, um, Middlesex players as well. But of these two, who would you pick in your team if you had the opportunity to? Billy Goddard or Tom Simpson? <laughs> um, well, it'll have to be Billy, um, although Tom is a great man um, and uh, I love him dearly. Um, uh, I had a few couple of problems when i when he was captain perhaps he wasn't uh he wasn't the most subtle of captains and uh i remember remember one game when he was uh, i was playing a first team cup game and, and i was standing for some unknown reason at my age of whatever i was at the time i was standing at cover point and uh he told me to um if when the if the batsman looks like he's going to block it run in if not you know stay back and i well, I did swear at him. Um, I went to him, but I said to him, uh, "I think I, I think I've basically been told him I'd play in the game longer than he longer he'd been alive." So you know, 
So much for the spirit of cricket, eh, Bob? Crikey, you know? Yeah, I I must admit, yeah. Sorry about that, yeah. But it was only between... It was a laugh. Um, But, um, I mean, Tommy was a very good good cricketer for Bronsbury and got a lot of runs, but... uh, um, and has been a good, good, good club man, and still still comes down to the club, and uh, we still see him occasionally, uh, which is great. Um, but yeah, Billy was a very good player. And he, he he played his. I remember watching him get a hundred at Harrow Town in a cup game when he was fourteen. So um, for Bronsbury, so and he came back and played a game at Finchley. I was at, and uh, I remember him standing at first leave. He was already playing county cricket but he came back to have a game and uh, he'd run down to the third man, get the bowler's jumper, give it the umpire. He was just, you know, top lad um, and uh, real team boy. And I'm That's a great example as well, well, isn't it, Bob? Uh, yeah, at Derby. Yeah, yeah, we were talking the other week about players totally, not, I mean, not going back to their clubs so much anymore. And um, and I think to see mm. someone do that, it's a fantastic example for young cricketers about what, what they could be. What well, they he, could he, be. He, he came... He he came down to our dinner two I think it was two years ago to, to our uh, you know our Bronsbury's dinner in the in the clubhouse about I can't remember it was two or three seasons ago uh, and he turned up and sat down and was a great lad and he's doing you know he's he's quite important at Derby now he's not only captain he's kind of half running the club I think so uh, mm-hmm. no, I think he's doing he's done really well and a uh, bit of a fiery character when he was a yet very young lad but uh, that seems to be fine now. Excellent. Excellent. Bob, we've, um, we've, we've chatted for a good three quarters of an hour here um, and we, we, we really mm. appreciate you taking, taking the time to come and speak to us. Some really interesting stuff. And of course, this is all going to evolve over the next, next few weeks. So we'd encourage our listeners to, um, you know, to keep an eye on the ECB's uh, directives. They will keep publishing them. They're, they're widely available. Uh, no doubt Nick, Nick Brown will, will keep in touch with the clubs about our plans and fingers crossed that come August we are, you know, we're playing a bit of cricket and, um, and ultimately, it doesn't rain too much. Um, you know, as I say, yeah, we, we, exactly. we can, but I hope um, we we're probably going to have um, uh, a ten day or so break before we have our next pod. But we will be back, Sal and I, um, in in a couple of weeks or so, um, and we're looking forward to you know to, to building up to whatever cricket we can fit in at the end of the year. So, Bob, thanks very much. Cheers, Sal, um, and All speak right. to you both good, again. Good Sal. Talk to Cheers, you guys. Bob. Cheers. We will do. Bye. All right.